0: You're listening to the Avalon Podcast, bringing you insightful analysis, incredible stories and socio-political commentary. And now, here's your host, Ayodele Adio.
1: Okay, so the federal government uh, has made its proposals for the 2019 budget, which has been passed in the National Assembly for consideration. Um, in terms of value the 2019 budget seems slightly lower than what you have in the 2018 budget and of course nigerians are wondering if the 2019 budget is going to have a meaningful impact in their lives in terms of living wages in terms of um, standard of living and in terms of you know macroeconomic situation uh, which several nigerians are hoping they will improve in 2019 you recall that the country grew at about 1.9 in 2018, which was still considerably lower than our growth rate as a country generally. And Nigerians expect more, um, you know, from the government in terms of economic expansion, economic development in 2019. And so, um, we're hoping to look closely into the 2019 budget to see if there is any ray of hope for the average Nigerian from the implementation of this budget so I have with me uh, my very good friend Atiku a very sound economist who will be helping me look at this issue very closely so the first question i like to ask you um, Atiku is the fact that the 2019 budget seems considerably lower than the 2018 budget to that extent what level of impact should we expect from this 2019 budget and if it's going to considerably um, affect macroeconomic policy for, for 2019 and if it's going to improve the living standard of the average Nigerian going forward?
0: Wow, yeah. uh, wow. That is, that's, a very, that's a very interesting question. I think two things um, uh, analysts look at in the budget. Number one, they want to look at um, how resources are being distributed uh, whether it's efficient and whether it's effective. And the second thing you want to look at is also things with call realism How realistic is the budget? Uh, the budget being, as a document even credit. Now, if you look at the revenue assumptions that we are using for the 2019 budget, it's not any way better than what happened in 2018 or 2017 or 2016. The idea of government and the revenue estimation over the years has always been government overestimate which we call a horribly optimistic um, estimation at the end of the day that revenue actually come in short uh in 2017 for instance the entire revenue of the federal government was just 2.7 trillion um despite the fact that the budget was anchoring on almost about six trillion revenue based as you could see it's less than 50 percent performance and then 2018 the same thing transpired 2019 is almost certainly going to follow that same trajectory. So in terms of um, the realism of the budget itself, I don't think uh, the budget is any way credible than it was last year. Uh, now we stand in that state, uh, if we now look at the efficient distribution of resources within the budget itself, of course, there the are semblances of um, what government wants to do because it seems to be aligning. Uh, with the ERGP, the Economic Recovery Goals Plan, you see some you see some linkages. But again, if you begin to see how resources have been distributed from the point view, it will shock you to see when you begin to see some uh, agencies of government that has less than uh, 50 workers getting more allocations for overhead than even organizations as big as a university. So, in terms of them, if you look across, we could see. We've seen improvement in terms of our resources are being allocated even within uh, those agencies. And then if we take the social sector that we feel needs a lot of injection, health sector, the education sector, the water resource sector, um, and you try to actually look at what the, what's going on within that same space, you discover that a lot of things have been neglected. Like education is not getting the desired attention it needs. Uh, we have issues of access to education. Uh, a good example, just to reiterate again, is the fact that we have a whole lot of people, one almost 1. 1.6, 1. 1.7 million people, trying to get into tertiary institutions. But again, if you look at the budget, is and if you look at the ERGP, the ERGP, the economic recovery growth plan of government is saying, yes, we are going to expand access. But if you look at the budget, you will not necessarily see anything dealing decisively with... Uh, that issue. And we can talk so much about all those issues. We could go on and on and on and on. So, in terms of resource allocation, we can't say we feel still It's better one way or the other, but we can't say we're there yet.
1: Now, the government has um, you know, decided to pass the 30,000 naira minimum wage. In fact, the National Assembly has finally passed it into law, and so the average Nigerian worker will earn 30,000 naira per month. And my question is, you know um is the government able to afford such a rise in wage and what impact will this have you know on the budget and of course um you know larger microeconomic issues going forward um, in 2019
0: now, that's a little bit complex uh, if you look at the minimum wage, let's start with these let's try to look at uh, the what we see as minimum wage um uh, it's important to understand that there are two things now. If we look at the Naira, as it were, and then we we'll draw conclusions that um, at the minimum wage is going to have direct turn, one way or the other on government um, ability to function effectively as itemized in previous budgets and then in subsequent budgets. Now, it's true that raising the minimum wage will have direct impact on the budget line. Number one, the personnel cost of government will go up, and if the personnel cost of government goes up, other components also will go up, and meaning that you have to spend more on overhead one way or the other and other things like that. So yes, um, the personnel cost of government will be up, and meaning that, and just like I said, the revenue about two point three, two point seven trillion in two thousand and seventeen. Maybe this year, maybe we'll be able to do maybe three point two trillion or so. And by the time you remove the cost of servicing debt, which is almost 2 trillion (laughs) out of 3 trillion, and then you add up the personnel cost in the region of about 2 trillion thereabouts, you discover that we are actually going to borrow to pay salaries this year, which is not good fiscally. I mean, the whole concept of fiscal responsibility talks so much about that. But again, if we go straight into the heart of the problem and we say, okay, is it that we are overpaying government workers or we are underpaying them? The reality on ground is that they are grossly underpaid. Uh, you can't compare what was happening, in fact, in 2000 and, um, in 2017, two, sorry, I say 2017, 2006 the minimum wage is way, way higher than what we have today. if you look at it in dollar terms. And if you adjust all again for inflation, the minimum wage was higher. What has happened was in 2009, when oil price actually started struggling you know, on the back of the global recession, the Nigerian government devalued the Niger. But no those, no that doesn't translate to raising up people's uh, um people's revenue. I mean people's salary did not go up simultaneously. You know? And that is why inflation and then what economists will typically cause that the uh, the spending power of the workers themselves and in general the Nigerian people was eroded. And that happened consistently again. Uh, between 2014, 2015, and 2016. So uh, if we try to look at it on the on the ability of workers to actually buy things, we will say no. Uh, it's important for government to put money in people's hands. And the whole concept of government and governance itself is one thing, is to redistribute wealth. Takes from the rich and actually give to the poor. So if we look at it from the concept of the governance, of governance itself, meaning that you're taking tax from the rich and then you're handing over to the poor. We won't say yes. Yeah, there are issues, but notwithstanding, that should not be the basis for actually making decisions. For me, personally, on a personal note, I feel that Nigerian workers are grossly on the page and there's a need to actually raise up the bar. But yes, there will be there will be fiscal issues. There are monetary issues to deal with and because when you begin to borrow to pay salaries, the long-term implication of that is not eligible. So it's for government to look within its own bounds. How do we begin to reduce some overhead? How do we begin to cut down some excesses to actually align the budget? And there's a gross amount of money that's acting outside the bounds of the budget, which we typically will call tax expenditure. When you give people waivers, when you give people concessions, the whole context around the subsidy regime that's even outside the preview of the budget, we really don't know. If we can actually pull all those things into the budget, maybe we have revenue somewhere. That we don't know about to begin to address this issue. So, for me personally, I would just tell you: uh, yes, yeah, there will be fiscal, uh, there will be fiscal consequences for those actions. But it's important at this time for government to do
1: that. So, finally, before I let you go, the government is also proposing to increase, you know, VAT, which is the value added tax. Um, again, what impact will this have um, on discretionary spending? And um, you know, increasing cost of goods and services around the country. What major impact would he have on the larger macroeconomic issue in the country? Knowing so well that the the, the economy is begging for growth, and it seems to me like increasing of that would actually affect discretionary spending um, in the economy, and people would spend less. Uh, and I'm wondering what sort of impact this would have in the economy going forward.
0: Now, if you raise up, if you raise up the um, two things will happen. Really, um, you most likely, if you look at the economic numbers itself, if you look closely at the economic numbers, it's not healthy. Uh, the economy is not growing as fast as it should be, and it's as a result of depressed consumer demand. People are actually not buying things that they should buy. Discretionary spending is very low in Nigeria when you compare against many indices and then across also countries. So if you raise up that, at this time, because the economy is relatively very slow, students of economics will teach you, and they've taught us, that the best way is actually to ensure that people continue to spend. You want to put money in people's hands. And that explains why government adopted an expansionary budgetary system in the economic recession. But we can't say we are out of the womb here. Yeah? The economy is not booming. So as such, you want to make sure government is injecting funds into the economy so that people begin to earn salary and spend more. And with that, the economy will grow. That's the old philosophy of how you work out of recession. The second objective you can do is to adopt austerity, which, of course, the government of Nigeria is not adopting austerity. Now, let's come back home and look at this. The economy is not growing at 5%. It's not growing at 4%. The economy is actually still tanking around the 1% trajectory, 2%. In fact, if you are growing below 2%, given the fact that our population is growing faster than that, it means that we are still having some form of technical recession because the more children you are born in, there's not enough economic activity to actually continue to expand them, I mean, to actually boost and That explains why poverty in Nigeria is improving. So now, if you go one step further and then you place VAT, you raise VAT, what is going to happen is simple. The people that should be spending, your government is taking away from them. Now the question we ask is: this, Can government effectively spend? The question, the, the answer that we've seen from 1960 to date is that no, the government of Nigeria since 1960 to date have not necessarily effectively and efficiently spent funds. So if you do that, what will happen is that consumer, depre- I mean, consumer spending will be depressed, and when it is depressed, the second implication is simple: the government is not spending effectively. It means that businesses begin to actually struggle. And when they struggle, they begin to call down jobs. They begin to take step back, not to invest. And when you are not investing, you are not employing, you are even retrenching workers, you are not buying raw materials, you are actually not putting more products in people's hands. Definitely, we may be heading back towards a very slow growth, or we are actually tilting ourselves into contraction and by extension, recession. So for now, it's not an healthy path to follow. In the long-term prospect of that, I think, yes, it could happen in the long-term. But for now, I think the real goal of government now is how do we get the economy to begin to grow at 5%, 6%, 7% above our population before we start taking social fiscal action.
1: You for listening you can visit our website www.theavalondaily.com to listen to other podcasts you can also follow us on twitter at the avalon daily and on instagram at avalon daily